0: right and we're back with another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from the lakers fast break inside sports fantasy football game source and of course pop culture cosmos thank you so much for listening to all of our great shows yes the nba is still on lockdown the lakers are still on lockdown it's getting pretty serious out there with the quarantines and the you know, the closings of, uh, of all the stuff that's going on around the country and around the world, for that matter, due to the coronavirus. And it's getting very serious indeed. I hope you and your loved ones are healthy at this point in time. But here to talk to me today about some things that are a little bit, hopefully, a little bit better off than what's going on with the coronavirus is my good friend. I know him as Tom Wong. But you know him as the man behind It is Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, good to have you back on. But I'll tell you what,
1: some of these people are crazy
0: out there. I'll
1: go off on it in a minute, Ah, <laughs> uh, That's right. I agree with you 100% there, Gerald. Uh, these, are, these are really trying times. and And the only way we're going to get through this intact is if everybody pulls in the same direction. And right now, there are a lot of people out there that, that don't seem to be pulling at all. Um, so, it, uh, you're, you're going to be preaching to the choir, man. That's all I can say. Well,
0: I'll tell you what, I'm out today because, you know, going here to get supplies needed for my family. I've got the gloves on, I've got the mask on. In fact, i think the las vegas review journal i think took a picture of me today and they kind of interviewed me today so but i hope that's not the picture that they put up of me with the mask on. but you know it's going to be right there plastered on the front page i bet can't wait for that one but the other talking to me and whatnot but then i'm going throughout my morning and trying to get supplies costco walmart trying to do that type of thing and out and about i just i see this lackadaisical attitude by people that they don't seem to care you still see a group of people just hanging out by the dutch brothers coffee just you know drinking their coffee drinking their java drinking their hot chocolate whatever and i go out and i see people other people they're just like coughing not covering their mouths with their elbow or anything like that they're just sneezing just anywhere they want to go any direction they want to go and the worst thing is i live near a golf course right And I'm going by this golf course on the way home after, you know, spending all morning trying to go ahead and get some supplies. Couldn't even get everything I needed because, you know what, it's sold out everywhere. And on my way home, there's people playing golf, my age and your age. I can't believe it. Like in the prime area where it's killing a lot of people, they're out playing golf like it's nothing. I don't get it.
1: They're Following the example set by our president, who wow. I was just listening gave himself a 10 out of 10 for his handling of the coronavirus,
0: Tom. I want to go ahead and not continue this podcast without a sick stomach here, so I'll just please, we'll just leave it at that. I okay, I, again, yeah, I know I know we want to go out and try hard to stay away from the political platform, and I know you're. Your, your thoughts on that, and, and I'm not going to say mine are not dissimilar to yours. I will just say this. The horse is already out of the barn. The only thing yep. you can try to do is is contain it as best you can. and t- Take the steps to try and uh, lessen the effect or spread it out over a long period of time. You obviously don't want, want what's happened in China and what happened in Italy and to happen to you, and this could very well be something i've heard the stuff all the time where we're seven days behind italy so that means that by the time we talk this week it could be a catastrophic proportions which scares the living you know what out of me and it just i tell you what people have just got to be more sensible about these things have some common sense this is a highly contagious disease i've heard up to twice as contagious as the regular influenza strains and all that so i tell you laker tom you know, when you're out there, you know, and I know you're out there out there very much. I mean, do you have a fear of these people who just don't seem to give a damn?
1: Yeah, I do. I think, and this is just basically for anybody who's listening to our podcast, because I think that uh, I've spent a lot of time and, and I've violated some of the longtime rules on Lakerholics.net about talking about non-basketball stuff. But uh, how to take care of you and, and, and how we should be approaching this, this uh, tragedy of the coronavirus is something I think is really important. A couple of things that I think really everybody's got to recognize. The first is that the people who are most contagious are those who have not been symptomatic yet. And they've proven that. They've got studies now that show that, that you're much more likely to catch it from somebody who doesn't have any symptoms. And so that's the first thing that everybody's got to realize that, and there's statistics when they compared China versus Italy that clearly show that the age group that is most prevalent in spreading the virus is 20 to 29. Those are the same idiots that you see out in the crowds that lining up at the bars and and lining up in Mardi to go out and enjoy their, have their time and so forth. These are the people who are, the most contagious. They don't have any symptoms yet. So they not only do, don't do show and exhibit any symptoms, but they tend to think then that means that they don't have it yet. And the fact is that if they have it, they're almost twice as virulent as anybody who's showing symptoms. And that age group just jumps out as the age group when they test that are the people that are the most symptomatic and the most, most causing the spread of the disease. And so this whole thing about, I mean, and this is why... The city of New York and the city of Los Angeles, and close the bars, and close the gyms, and Las um, Vegas is closing the hotels. You know, because in the movie theaters, because these are the you, you just can't go on with life as usual, and the whole thing about how many people are going to get it. You probably can't stop people from eventually getting it, but what you can do is spread it out over a period of time, so that our hospitals, our emergency rooms, and our doctors and our our first responders are not overwhelmed because that's the real big danger because then all of a sudden people who have other diseases and other medical problems start to pay the price and you get the death toll rising up like that. That's unnecessarily if we were to control the entire situation.
0: Or so, unless you get the situation like they do in Italy where they have to make choices on who is going to live and who exactly. is going to die.
1: So anyway, I, I, I just, anybody who's listening to this podcast, isolate yourself as much as you can. Order online if you can. Don't go and, I mean, the crowds in the grocery stores and and making people think trying to think that they can stick in an airline trip somewhere or they can go to the gym or they can go to a religious ceremony or anything. Postpone those things. The main thing that you have to do and for sure is don't go and visit your older parents and, and so forth. And don't go and just socialize the way that you did before thinking that just because you don't have symptoms you're okay and you're not going to give it to anybody else because the simple fact is the more that you're active the more the chances that you're going to infect somebody else and it comes down to the simpler things of life that you really want to do i mean let's talk basketball
0: what are the chances
1: that we're going to you know the the nba now has has stopped things for 30 days that's not going to be the end of it. We're not going to see a playoff start in 30 days. No, they're We're actually be lucky if we don't cancel the entire season.
0: And they're actually talking about right now, they're hoping for a best-case scenario is starting late up the league in right. June. Yeah, late June. But on the final note on the coronavirus, please, as CNN said in an article, because it's obviously a lot of people are trying to do it, can you stop calling 911 when you run out of toilet paper, please? Yeah. Please? Please?
1: Oh it's amazing, you know.
0: I'll tell you what, it's just incredible the way that this world has devolved in such a short period of time. It's just utterly I don't know, it just it's, sometimes I just can't even find the words. We find a new low and then we go even lower. But on to the basketball news. Let's okay. let's try to focus yeah. on whatever's good that we can on the rest of this podcast. You know, now that everybody's on like a down low note, you know, let's bring them back up a little bit more with some good talk about the Lakers. And like I said before, the NBA is targeting a mid-June, late-June type scenario as a best-case scenario. I want to ask your opinion on that. Knowing what you know and, and doing the research and, and checking the news constantly and seeing the updates and whatnot, how feasible is a June starting date for a modified season or modified playoff format for the NBA?
1: I think it's viable. I think that there's a real strong push um, by the NBA owners to not cancel a season. Because that would really, I mean, even when we had the labor outage and everything, we still finished the season, still crowned a champion. And it's hard, you know, it's hard when you're a Lakers fan versus, let's say, imagine imagine you're a Warriors fan. I've heard Warriors fans say, hey, no problem. Let's cancel the season. By the time we get back to the new season, we'll have avoided the worst injury situation that we've ever had. And as a Laker fan, I know there's a certain amount of selfishness in your feeling that after six years of of missing the playoffs and everything, we finally claw our way to the top of the power rankings in almost every, in every NBA rating. And then we've run into the coronavirus. And there's a sense of injustice to that that I know it sounds silly and pathetic when you compare it to the tragedy that's happening in the entire world and in our country, but the simple fact is that I selfishly want the Lakers to have their chance. I want LeBron to have his chance at 35 to get that championship. I want to see the team win one for Kobe, and I'd hate to see the season get canceled. So for me, it's, it's really encouraging and good news. Uh, That the Lakers are and the NBA owners are hoping that they can restart things in late August, be able to to, late June and be able to finish the season in late August. They may have to shorten next season by starting it late. Or we may we may as a result of the whole thing, because baseball is in the same situation, we may see some restructuring of when when the professional sports season start and end. You know, there's that a big overlap that we have in October, where you know, and it, sometimes it's it's almost too much. You know, you you got Major League Baseball playing the World Series, you got the NBA in the heart of the season, and you got the NBA starting out with training camps. So, and uh, you, you know, maybe we'll see a restructuring of everything. We may not be see people shaking hands again in the future for a long time. So, there's a lot of things that this is. Uh, this is going to change, you know. I mean, it feels like we're in the middle of a dystopian drama that's on television. Not just a single movie, but a long series that you may have spent a lot of time binge-watching for for months, as it appears. My own personal guess is 50-50 that they may cancel a season. I think the one encouraging thing is that there's only three NBA players at this point in time that I've heard have tested positive. And I'm sure that... Unlike most of us in the general population, the NBA's managed to get their test done on all of the players. So that's a re- that's an encouraging sign because if they can keep those players isolated, then they at least they have the capacity to go into a closed gym in you know late June and you know run maybe eight games to get everybody back in shape and the game shape and start the playoffs. Um, I think that that's a, a good possibility. I think the only thing that could derail it at this point in time would be if a whole lot of players all of a sudden got sick, or alternatively if things were so dismal in the world that it almost would seem like an affront on on humanity to to go out and have a sporting event like that happen. Uh, maybe if we're in a time of mourning at that point in time that's so bad that that could kill a season too, and at that point in time then the NBA becomes really inconsequential and the Lakers just tough luck, man, go on next year and try to, try to do it again. It could even affect the worst case scenario would be that professional sports might postpone not only the whole year, but on into the next season. That's totally possible. Um, So I'm trying to look at it from a positive standpoint that, that our current administration has Finally, hopefully having to see the light Um, and after wasting six weeks and making all sorts of decisions to depress testing so that they wouldn't see the stats, hopefully we'll get ahead of the testing curve and and we'll make some decisions. You know, I think that uh, I still think that there probably should be curfews everywhere, that they should cut it down. This whole Republican attitude that the way to deal with this crisis is to let every state make its own decisions is such a pile of crap that I can't even, it just infuriates me to think about that whole standpoint. The government needs to come out and do what they can do to stop this right now, to break the curve down, to flatten it out, and hopefully to keep people isolated until such point in time as we really see the virus start to go down. If they don't do that, they're kidding themselves and they're going to extend it longer and it's going to hurt more people and, and it's going to it already is tearing at the fabric of society. I mean, I'm, I haven't been to a grocery store. I drove by three of them on my way to go on my hike today. And every single grocery store I drove by, the parking lots were just jammed. So you probably have a better firsthand thing than you went out for supplies today. I went online to try to order some things, and most of the stuff I wanted to order was already sold out and unavailable.
0: Hi, this is Mr. Holiday from the podcast, My Worst Holiday, and you're listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse.
2: That is by far my favorite. Because it's also character-driven, and the stakes are high, and there's much more of, of a mystery and intrigue to it. A game
0: like Wolfenstein, which people are saying are one of the most socially important video games of the past 10 years. Catch our shows on radio worldwide seven days a week, or at any time on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on over 30 more podcast outlets. You're probably seeing, when you go to the stores, about 30 to 40% of the stores sold out in each location at this point in time and it's all the necessities all the things that you know you you would consider if you're going to go ahead and be isolated canned foods gone you know chicken gone milk mostly gone rice gone you know a lot of things water obviously is at a premium yes toilet paper paper towels you know the the whole nine yards the necessities are all very hard to come by at this point in time yeah it's it's just kind of, you know, is down uh, at this point in time, but you know what, we got to go ahead and keep going forward as a country, yeah. as a nation, as a world and see what we can do to try and make things better for the long term and try to work with each other to, you know what, to try and beat this thing. I didn't say it was going to be beaten over the horse of a night, but it, hopefully if you know, God willing, we can beat this thing together and and come through it on the other side, you know, even stronger as a species is what I'm looking forward to. Hopefully one day that we can just get our heads out of the water and realize, you know what? If we work together, anything's possible.
1: Well, you know, I've always been the uh, class three-quarter full guy.
0: And you know what? That sounds like the, we're, t- we're t- almost the whole opposite at this point. What do you know?
1: Yeah. I think it is. I mean, I'm, I'm usually well. a total optimist. Yes. Maybe uh, I'm not- here's here's well. some optimistic things to look at, okay? Let's talk about the Lakers. What happens if the Lakers – I wrote an article for Medium and and for the – And that's <laughs> what I was going to lead into. Okay. You wrote an article
0: recently on Medium.com, and people need to check it out today. If the 2020 NBA season is canceled, and that is a possibility, like you said, 50-50, and I think that's probably about right, 50-50 at this point in time. What will the 2021 Lakers look like? I mean, because you've got a, a skewed salary cap to deal with. You, you've got a lot of uh, free agents you got to deal with. Some holdovers, obviously, because you have a lot of them were signed to two year contracts, but there are some important free agents, including one, Anthony Davis, for starters. So, you know, if they haven't checked out your awesome article in detail on medium.com, what is an answer?
1: Well, my answer is I think that the the Lakers are going to be in a great position. Frankly, and you can you can take it step by step. I think the first thing is that the season this summer was already being looked at as a very soft free agency summer. Um, there are only like four or five teams, and none of them competitive teams. None of them are playoff teams that have cap space to sign a max player, and then. Other than Anthony Davis, there really weren't any super elite players available. Everybody was geared toward 2021 rather than this summer. Or they spent their money in last summer when we had you know all of those 10 sign-and-trade deals and superstars flying all over the place. So I think to start with, the very first thing is that this probably guarantees that Anthony Davis is going to sign another contract with the Lakers. There's no reason for him to I – mean, he wouldn't be going to Atlanta or – or one of those cities like that that have it. He's got 8 years in the league so he's likely to sign probably a 2-year deal with an opt out at the second year so that he that uh, that he basically can stay for 2 years and then get the supermax deal based on 30% of the salary because he'll be a 10-year player and then that gets the maximum amount on the cap. He can go to 35% then of the salary cap. Now the salary cap is an interesting thing too the he may he may just decide to opt in and and keep the salary that he's got on his current contract because the salary cap is likely to drop 10 to 15 maybe 20 million dollars next year it' said at 115 million was the estimate there was an article out uh, that was partly written by eric Pincus which said there could be a, you know a 10 or 15 million dollar drop then eric Pincus came out with his own article and he was he was projecting to maybe a 20 million dollar drop so it, Go all the way down to ninety-five million. Well, that would basically, if it drops down to ninety-five million, you'd all of a sudden see no team with salary cap money to spend, and a lot of teams who didn't even think they were anywhere close in luxury tax territory. You're going to see players uh, like we've got four players on the Lakers, Avery Bradley, uh, and then three guys who had no trade clauses because they just they signed deals that that gave them de facto no trade clauses in Rajan Rondo, KCP, and uh, JaVel McGee. So, those four players all have player options. The chances are probably going to be 100% that they're all going to exercise their player options. The last thing they want to do is end up leaving a championship caliber team and not getting paid as much. So, all of a sudden, you got those guys in there. And that changes, you know, that changes all around the league. I think you're going to see all sorts of players up. Opt- not fail to exercise their player option and option and then basically want to stay with the teams that they are. I think you're going to see people in general feel that security, job security is going to become a whole new thing. The, I read just recently that they're estimating that 50% of the jobs in this country could be at risk. I mean, if you work, if you don't work for a company that's going to be a company that can survive this, there, you know, there's going to be bailouts everywhere that's going to happen. So we in turn back to the Lakers. You look at all of a sudden we've got five guys under contract. Uh, so they're going to be okay. You know, that's uh, LeBron James, uh, Alex Caruso, uh, Danny Green. Let's see, who else am I missing? Uh, Taylor Horton, Taylor Horton Tucker. Uh, there's one more guy in Quinn there.
0: Cook I think is on the two years, isn't it correct?
1: Yes. Yes. Quinn Cook. Uh, wait, no, no. Quinn has a play team option in the second year. Okay. Team, uh, okay. Well, I
0: thought it was a player option. Anyway, part. we got
1: so you got five players that there be th- th- five players who have contracts next year. All of them have options that either end at the end of next year. You got five players who are basically probably going to exercise their options to stay. You got two free agents, Demarcus Cousins and Dwight Howard, who are likely to resign with the Lakers because of the situations. So you got twelve roster spots probably taken up. And since Cousins has already been waived for this year, then you then you have the opportunity for basically four players that are on the roster, who probably aren't going to stay with the team, or unless they come out. As, let's put it this way: they're going to be in competition for those last three roster spots, and that's your your uh, Quinn Cook, Jared Dudley, at any rate. So you got a lot of competition in the Lakers, basically. Probably have the best roster in the league. They're ranked in the tight ty- in the power rankings right now as the best roster, and they don't have really many needs. What they do need is a point guard. They need a second distributor, a third scorer, and an elite wing defender. And uh, oh, the other the two other guys that I forgot were the two new additions, Dion Dion Waiters and uh, Markeith Morris. So, Morrison, I think Morris has a good chance to stay because he's he's filled the need of the team that wasn't one of those primary three needs. But as a small ball, stretch four and stretch five, he's become very valuable, I think. But Waiters and, and Dudley and Cook, they're going to have a hard time struggling for one of those three roster spots. And then you basically look at the trade assets the Lakers have. Unlike at the trade deadline uh, last winter, this winter, the Lakers are going to have a draft pick. They'll have to wait to deal that draft pick on draft day, but they'll still be able to make a deal that includes that. And then they'll also have uh, three players who were basically had de facto no trade clauses in KCP, JaVel McGee, and Rajon Rondo. And all three of those players now don't have any more de facto trade clause. They can be put into a deal and traded. Chances probably of KCP being traded are slim because he's a, Clutch sports client, and as we know, clutch sports clients tend to become part of the family of LeBron James and are very highly unlikely to be traded, unless LeBron wanted them traded. But adding to that, I forgot Deion Waiters also is a clutch sports client, so that could affect his retention on the team. But anyway, any rate, the Lakers all of a sudden are going to have Kyle Kuzma, and then there's eight other guys who are basically on one-year contracts, so they're all expiring contracts. And their total salaries are $40 million. So you've got a first-round draft pick, Kyle Kuzma, and $40 million worth of expiring contracts as filler to make a trade. And then the question becomes, who would be interested? Who would the Lakers find interesting? Um, But I think the big thing, the big point of this whole discussion is it's not going to be free agents that are going to fill those last three roster spots. It's probably going to be people that we trade or people on the roster that we end up keeping like Marquise Morris. Um, what trade targets do you see out there, Gerald? I'm sure you thought of that situation too. I'm
0: still hoping for Bradley Beal. I think Bradley Beal would be a great – Bradley Beal would be fabulous. But I, I don't think he's within our ballpark, On yeah. to be honest yeah. with you. but I think, I, I, I think
1: you're right about that because – as I said in the article, I think the Lakers don't have the, we don't have the assets in the terms of having a, you know, number one draft, uh, number one draft pick that's a lottery pick, or we don't have multiple draft picks that we can throw in there. We don't have a number one overall pick like Andrew Wiggins that uh, the Warriors can parcel as part of a package and so forth. So I think we're probably looking at guys that aren't the very best of the league. i uh, will tell you what. Superstars.
0: That trade I proposed a long time ago before the trading deadline. Looks pretty and good now, doesn't it? Looks better and better by the day. Markeep Refresh Morris,
1: everybody, refresh everybody on what that trade was.
0: Basically, it was Markeith Morris, uh, Derek Rose, and Christian Wood, who who's, is who's you know, broken before, out like crazy. Yeah, before Rudy Gobert got him sick, but we won't You're go right. there. <laughs> yeah, it is it, you know, those three guys at the time. Because uh, Christian Wood and Marquise Morris were playing, were bench players, and Derrick Rose was also coming off the bench. Uh, you know, both Derrick Rose before the season ended, uh, Derrick Rose and Christian Wood got bumped up to the starting lineup, and those three players for Kyle Kuzma and whatever filler two or three players you have on the back end of the Lakers rotation, pick any two of the three, I would have just been ecstatic because. Uh, you know what it and and the thing is with those late you know the ESPN trade machine that you do that stuff, it's like fun, you know, all that obviously there would be some picks involved and all that, but when you look at it and it showed me that there was a plus 13 wins on the Lakers side after doing that trade, I was going, you
1: know, and that was before the that was before they broke that was before Wood broke off, and that and, exactly this was when both, this
0: was when all three were on the bench, were yeah. bench players. And this was, like I said, but you know, just as a trading deadline was just on the horizon, it wasn't even there yet. So, I, you
1: know, I should be the GM of the Lakers. <laughs> of the Lakers.
0: But, you know, that's well, that, would
1: been, that would have been a good trade. But, but I, I tend to agree with you. Bradley Beal would be, would be a, an ideal target. But there's probably. Better packages that other people can offer for him.
0: Oh, I agree. I agree. But, I, but there's unless he wants who... to unless he wants to be a Laker. If he goes yes. and does the Anthony Davis move, that's a different story because you know yeah, he Lakers...
1: wants to be a Laker is an important factor in in this whole thing, and that's why my number one target would be Zach Levine. He's a shooting combo guard, shooting guard. He's athletic, can score, uh, averages four rebounds, four assists per game. Little bit of high strong. He would love the he love to play for the Lakers.
0: Yeah, gets mad at his coach. I know he's from UCLA. I know he's an LA kid, and that's great and all. Does get injured, a little bit yeah. susceptible to injury, did blow out his knee on, on one occasion. I will give you see. Now we're going back to our normal stuff, half full, half empty, yeah. right there for you. So see now we're going to the pessimist optimist deal thing. And you know, now it's back to you know, we're coming back to normal here, but Zach a good up. player. Glasses are filling up. Is is he the type of game changer for the Lakers? I'm not entirely sure. I mean, he's scoring on a bad team. Mm-hmm. It, to me, it's different. I'm going to put
1: Zach. he You got to accept a different role when you come to the Lakers. He's not going to get the touches and the ball all the time the way he does with the Bulls. I'm just going to tell you right now. I he's think, think that's, from that
0: premise, they have they have similar stats, but I think. Leaps and Bounds, Bradley Beal is a better player than Zach Levine. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.
2: Video game box art, the stories behind the covers in which we talk to the illustrators and artists who are responsible for gaming's most iconic images. Don't forget to check out video game box art, the stories behind the covers celebrating gaming's most iconic images from the people who created them. This and many more from Rob McCallum Films. I just think
0: he's a better ball handler, better distributor, uh, better shooter from the three-point area. I just think he's an all-around better player. I, I think probably a better defender. If oh, I'm not, I'm,
1: I'm not so sure about the defender thing. But I would, I would agree with you that I think Beal is a better player. But I also think that Levine is more likely to be willing. I mean let's go back to it goes back to the same thing we were discussing with Marcus versus Marquise Morris you got when you've got LeBron James and Anthony Davis you want to bring in a third player and the problem is is that the Lakers there's two ways to approach that one is to get a third guy who let's say it's Darren Collison who you talk into you know you talk into compromising his religion and coming back and giving up his ministry for a year and coming back and playing point guard for the Lakers. So he's a good journeyman player, a starter on almost any NBA team, but he's not a star. He's not an all-star. He's not a superstar. The problem I see with the Lakers is that there's an opportunity to get the third star and also to get the guy who's going to be the star when LeBron leaves. Because I don't know how many years you can count on LeBron continuing to just Defeat Father Time over and over and over. There's a point in time when the Lakers need. There's a point in time when LeBron's going to be gone. Lakers need to advantage of being a championship contender at this point in time to try and find somebody who could then be part of that team. Uh, and we can get into a discussion a little bit later that the guy I think also is a heavy candidate for that is DeMarcus Cousins. But we need a guard. This is a guards league, you know, it's hard. It's hard for guys to become MVP guys like guys, guys like Giannis because he doesn't have the ball in his hands like LeBron does or the other people who play point guard or the lead distributor and the ball handler for their teams. So I think it's really important that the Lakers take advantage of the opportunities that they get to add stars, star quality players like DeMarcus Cousins and, and like Zach Levine or Bradley Beal. um, You know, you need to get guys like that because we're going to need them down the road because it's a superstar league. And the reason that the the Milwaukee Bucks now have dropped down to number three behind the Los Angeles Lakers and behind the Los Angeles Clippers is because they only have one superstar and the Lakers and Clippers have two. It's that simple. That's exactly where things happen to fall. And there will be teams that are going to get a third superstar in some manner and form. They'll be able to get somebody. They won't be as lucky as the Warriors who are able to grow three of them and then, and then have a, be able to get Steph Curry on a cheap contract because of an ankle injury concern so that they could actually end up with four when they got Kevin Durant. That's just a, an anomaly that you're not going to see. But I think it's important that the Lakers uh, – Use whatever opportunities they can to bring in as much firepower power as they can before LeBron leaves. We saw what happened with Anthony Davis just by himself in New Orleans. It's not enough, you know. It's not enough to win a championship. And when we get into the discussions about who's my favorite Laker, we'll we'll touch on that old subject again. Who else do you like besides Bradley Beal?
0: Well, again, I, I agree with you, guard, but. You also want to probably take a look at the wing area because that's something that the Lakers sorely need as well. Some Somebody who can really do a, a decent job 2A on the wing, but those are really a hard commodity to find. Everybody wants one of them. Exactly. So it's that's really probably. kind of difficult to say, oh, I want this person, oh, I want that person because – And you one know, that's,
1: that's in the trade market. Who's in a trade market falls into that category in your mind.
0: Exactly. That's, it's going to be hard to say. I mean – Somebody would have said if they didn't know he didn't play for the Lakers before, Brandon Ingram. But Brandon Ingram, Mm -hmm. you saw that experiment didn't work out. He's just, he's better off as a fit somewhere else because the fact that he just cannot play with LeBron. And not everybody can.
1: I'm wondering if he can can play with the Zion.
0: (laughs) Well, we're going to find out pretty shortly. I mean, so far the results have not been as catastrophically good now that Zion's back as what they've seen. I mean, Zion's been great. You know, he's scoring over 23 points a game.
1: And Lonzo's Lonzo's been terrific with it.
0: Yes, but their overall record since Zion's went back is not right. as impressive as I was hoping it would be. You know, they're still well at, at before the season got suspended, they were still what three and a half games behind. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was still at that point in time, the last podcast we had before the season ended. I was still thinking that Memphis was even with their harder schedule and more difficult schedule was still going to go ahead and take that last playoff spot because I think just the numbers were just going to work out in that favor. But, you know, I I would probably say they would need to look very hard for a wing. I, not, nobody in specific detail as of yet, but somebody that can play both sides of the ball yeah. and just be effective in that manner and then not have to go ahead and worry about Okay, am I only going to get five points here? I'm going to get fifteen points. They're just consistent.
1: Yeah, like, I think I don't. The thing I the thing the, the thing that I get lost on in the chase of the wing, and I, I think that they will be looking to to find a wing defender uh, for sure. You know, maybe uh, maybe it'll be, but I don't think it's going to be a superstar person at that thing. I think you got to you're probably bringing in more of a journeyman guy. You know, somebody who's you know got a good reputation. Is a good defender, but isn't an all-world type player. And I think guard is where we really need to bring in somebody who can really become can become the Kobe Bryant to go with along with Anthony Davis down the road. And that would be somebody like Bradley or somebody like uh, uh, like Zach Levine. I think that there's probably going to be quite a bit of turnover and, and we'll open up some roster spots with whatever trades we need. Some things that really get derailed... You just talked about one of them, by the shortened season. And I think even if we come back in June, they're not going to finish the the 20 games that are left. I think it'll be minimal number of games. So all of these teams chasing the number eight spot, I've heard some talk about the idea that they may do a wild card for the number eight spot and have a little mini tournament for that. But all of a sudden, you know, the benefit of, of the season suspension basically are the teams in the number seven and eight spots in both the West and the East. There's probably, you know, like Kyle Kuzma. Does that benefit Kyle Kuzma? He didn't get a chance to to really show what he could do for the last 20 games. He may be lucky enough that he's got playoffs where he'll get a chance to show whether or not he should be part of the team going forward. And uh, the defense that he's been playing recently and, and his unselfish play really adds to that. the The only problem I see with that is that the Lakers are a star's team, you know, and the Lakers want another star. They don't want to get in a situation where they just have Anthony Davis. So I think, you know, Cousins is going to be important in that stretch, And they will also have a $9 million MLE unless it gets chipped down to $8 million because the salary cap drops down further, which is something that they haven't had because they haven't been at that. They haven't been over the cap before. So they've been under the cap and then they only get the room exception which is like half of the full MLE. So they'll have a 9 million dollar exception. They might have to use some of it to, you know, to pay depending on where their cap ends up and they might have to use some of it to bring back guys like like cousins and so forth. But it'll be interesting to see. There's a lot of there's a lot of players who are injured late in the season where all of a sudden now they may be able to come back in the playoffs. You know, who knows? Maybe the Warriors will come back with Curry and uh, the whole, you know, the whole squad, except for obviously uh, Kevin Durant, who's gone, but they could have Thompson back. So Curry, Thompson, and and they won't have Iguodala, of course, but they'll have Curry, Thompson, and and uh, Draymond. So that 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 could be all be a sudden thing there. Good thing they're out of the playoffs, as far as I'm concerned. Then you got the Nets. Who knows what's going to happen with the Nets? Maybe you know maybe both of those guys maybe Kyrie and and KD will both be back they could be they could be a very dangerous team in the 7 or 8 slot in the east i mean who would want to play those guys uh, and it's funny you look at the you watch twitter and you see which fans there's certain fans that are rooting for the season to be canceled already like the, the the 76ers fans all seem to be in favor of canceling the season completely the Warrior fans generally during season they want to cancel the season too so it's an interesting way that you see the various pluses and minuses of the teams, and and a lot of pluses and minuses for the players. Uh, guys who are on their last contract are just sitting there saying, "Wait a minute! I was planning on the last 20 games setting my pay rate for next year." They may not get a chance to see that. We may see an abbreviated playoffs. You know, maybe there won't be, you know, maybe there won't be as many games in the first couple of rounds of the playoffs. And then also, you're playing the playoffs, maybe in neutral stadiums. Maybe you're playing them. You're for sure. You're probably playing them without without fans in the stands. I like the proposal that every franchise could have one fan be in the stand. You know, we could put Jack out there in the and the half court line and have him be our fan or flea or somebody like that. You know, Drake. Oh, obviously. me, 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 me. <laughs> what about me? Or you could, or you could, or you could. Uh, for charity, you know, you could you could raffle it off. It would be what hell of a charity contribution, you know, five million dollars to be the Lakers' private fan, um, or as to cover it as a member
0: of the press. Me, <laughs> yeah, I
1: like right. that idea better. Well, Eric Eric Pink has brought up the whole point that it, by the time you put the players from both teams out there, the referees, the scorekeepers, the uh, medical staffs that have to watch the game. You're probably over 50 people already, which may not, which may be classified as a crowd. And therefore, you can't even play the games at all.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, it is going to be interesting to see what's coming up. I mean, the decisions that have to be made and financial implications and all that. And that, you know, what kind of salary cap they're going to be having to deal with. And in the fall, you know, or in the winter when the next season starts.
1: You got to remember starts tomorrow, though, after the last day of the finals.
0: <laughs> yes, it could be something like that. What about the Olympics? Be, you know, the NBA players not going to the Olympics now. What
1: Olympics? There ain't going to be an Olympics this well, year. Well, Tokyo still
0: seems uh, set on, on trying to have a uh, Olympics there. But I will tell you also that we talk about the Clippers. We talk about the Bucks. Uh, though I wouldn't put the Bucks as a distant number three. You keep on trying to push them down at number three. Uh, I don't know. I'm not so sure on that, but you know what? I'll give you You're that
1: vulnerable. they're vulnerable. in the playoffs.
0: Okay. Well, let's let's see that. Let's see that in one more time in action. I'm hoping honestly, are not going to
1: hit five out of eight threes for more than one game out of seven. You
0: keep you keep digging on that, but the rest of the team can hit threes. That's the issue. If he can't, the the thing is though, Golden State could become the best team out of all of it. It could go first to last to first again because they all get healthy thompson and curry and draymond green all back with wiggins and eh, take it or leave it but then you have well, also wiggins, is trade he
1: well, just, wiggins could he be just, trade bait. a trading chip they just traded delo who was a trading chip for another trading chip
0: but you're not even sure if
1: that's the case because he doesn't have the greatest
0: reputation in the world so you may not be able to get what you want mm-hmm. back for him so if you keep him in there as your small forward You've got four out of the five pieces there. You don't need I much guess- filler to get a
1: superstar when you got Wiggins, man. Well, but I tell you what,
0: you also got to remember they could be also landing the number one pick in the NBA draft. So be good that. Thing after, a,
1: good thing it's a soft draft this year.
0: <laughs> uh, it's not as soft as as last year. Uh, you know, after mm-hmm. Zion, I mean, last year's or this current draft, I should say, is pretty soft. I mean, it's it's almost like toilet paper soft, so to speak. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, after Zion. Here's, a, here's a trade to throw out at you that I think is interesting. You mentioned Brandon Ingram. How about Lonzo Ball?
0: Back to where? Not the Lakers. Back to the Lakers. Are you kidding me? No. Laker it's Tom, an are you having a fever, or do you have a fever
1: <laughs> at this point in time? It's an interesting idea. Lonzo Lonzo is shooting thirty seven percent from three. He's in the top five in defensive rating for guards. He's a great distributor. He throws pass. He throw, He loves the, the the long pass. Yeah, I, Lakers, ent- I get all you get, that. What do you, when you think about what the Lakers need defensively, he's a perfect fit exactly to play with. And and, and all of those people who basically said, you know, that oh, the Lakers decided to keep Kyle Kuzma instead of Lonzo Ball. The only reason they kept Kyle Kuzma is because his salary was so low and they needed Ball's salary in order to make the the trade work. But I don't think it's as crazy an idea because Ball basically is up now for a contract, and what kind of contract is he going to get? It's an interesting situation because I think Lonzo Ball is exactly the kind of player that could be a great contributor on a championship team as a third or fourth option. Um, because he does the little things that that really are important. He's a great, great passer. He's a great defender. Uh, he's proven now that at least for one year he can shoot at a good percentage, 37%. The Lakers only have two guys in the lineup that shoot better than him at this point from three. And one of them ain't Kyle Kuzma, I'll tell you that.
0: But he still has his free throw shooting is still atrocious. And He's still he- shooting.
1: Well, he's improved that. It's up to 57%.
0: Oh, wow, that's awesome, um, and I'm being very – it's, it's running
1: myself. at 65% in the last 20 games. So that's a dramatic improvement. I mean, you're LeBron, you're, you're, reaching, for,
0: you're reaching for straws, my friend, okay? <laughs> when you're going to say 65% is a like market improvement, okay, Andre Drummond, his free-throw shooting is a vast improvement. Lonzo Ball, let's let's give it some time before we can say it's a drastic improvement plus he's changed his outside shooting dramatically in one year he still has to get a floater still has to get some uh, you know as far as driving to the hoop was always an adventure still for him let's uh, look at the other side as far as certain, oh, you see him drive against the lakers over and over i saw him get blocked by caruso that's all i need to know we're signaling the ref for a quick timeout but we'll be back with more
2: and some highly collectible offerings, too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis.
0: Before we go ahead on our way out, we just want to go ahead and say, once again, we thank you so much for listening to the Lakers Fast Break podcast. If you have any questions for us, it's at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter, or please, you can send us an email, old-fashioned snail mail style, lakersfastbreak at yahoo.com. If you need anything else as far as to talk to Laker Tom, you can go ahead and reach out to him today on Twitter, at Laker Tom, or you can just go ahead and be part of the conversation today. And Laker Tom, before we talk about our favorite player, and one last little tidbit from the beginning of the show on the coronavirus that I want to go ahead and touch on before we head on out. Go ahead and let us know what the conversation's like at Lakerholics.net.
1: It's an interesting situation because most of the Laker fans, half of the contributors on Lakerholics.net are expecting the season to get canceled. And it's it's pretty much a pretty even split between the glass half-full and the glass half-empty guys. And that's usually the way it is on the site. although none of the glass half-empty guys are, are, are downers in that sense. They're just what we would call more realistic people. And uh, on the same token, most of the half-glass-full guys Aren't really uh, wild, wild homers. They're they're also just people that generally tend to look on the bright side of things. So there's been a lot of talk about uh, the coronavirus. People are very interested in that. There's uh, we've sort of dropped the veil on politics for the moment, just because of the seriousness of the situation facing the country, um, and we've limited the politics to be what's happening with respect to the virus and and how the government is responding to it, and so forth. Been a lot of talk about how the Lakers, you know, almost everybody feels a certain terrible regret at the at the possibility that we might be denied an opportunity to to win our 17th championship right at a moment when we broke through and and had our best weekend and and dominated the Clippers and dominated the Bucks. Uh, and the unfairness of it, when LeBron finally finally got this chance to really show that he should be the MVP in the league, that may get taken away from him. And and that weekend, that great weekend and the great climb through the standings to get to the top could all be, you know, to no avail. So there's a sense of being, you know, a terrible injustice that goes along with the tragedy that we're all suffering from the coronavirus. A lot of talk about people just telling everybody else to stay healthy and stay happy and, you know, and make sure that your family's safe and, and, uh, you know, don't go out and do dumb things. You know, basically realize that even if you're, uh, even if you're young and unlikely to have a serious with this illness, that you could be a carrier and a spreader and nobody wants to have that on their shoulders.
0: You got to catch the conversation today at LakerHolics.net. You never know. You might even see a picture of me. (laughs) <laughs> from the Las Vegas Review Journal, that I just found out while we were talking on today's program. There actually was a video interview of me waiting in line for two and a half hours at Costco this morning. So, oh my God, it just yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right there for you.
1: I went to order some stuff online from Amazon, and everything I wanted was sold out. Well, at least I was wearing a Lakers hat. Good for it's you, man. Right Good there. for you,
0: right there, and my Lakers jacket, of course. In fact, you can actually see me not only as a close-up, but you can also see me in the distance as well. And you can actually hear my thoughts on, on what's going with, on with all this mess. But yeah, if you want to go ahead and check it out, I'll put the links in the actual comment section of this podcast. So go ahead and check it out. And plus, I'll throw it out there on you know, What can I say? Laker pride. But before we head on out, speaking of Laker pride, I want to go ahead and ask you, my friend, before we head on out, your favorite Laker of all time.
1: Oh, of all time, you pulled the switch on me there.
0: No, no, your favorite Laker was your favorite Laker, but favorite Laker of all time.
1: Well, you know, I'm a, I'm one of those I'm one of those of the opinion that you can't compare players from different generations. I didn't okay. say who was the best.
0: I said who is your favorite.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's even, even favorites have to. So I'm going to have to I'm going to have to break that down into three. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm sorry, but you know that's the way the rules run. I. I my favorite Laker to start with is Wilt Chamberlain, because Wilt was the reason that I became a Laker fan. When I was growing up, I was always the underdog, and so I, I really rooted for underdogs, and the ultimate underdog in, in the early basketball years was Wilt. So I was a San Francisco Warrior fan, and then I was a Philadelphia 76er fan, and when he was traded to the Lakers, I became a Los Angeles Laker fan. This was despite growing up in Southern California, listening to every Laker game, loving Chick Hearn, emulating and copying my entire game after Jerry West, I still was not a Laker fan until Wilt came along. So I got to give Wilt credit. Then through all of my formative years, Kobe Bryant. I mean, Kobe, you know, my, my every password I ever had in my life up until 15 years ago had some form of Kobe's initials and number in it. He was a player that I thought was better than Jordan and and I supported it completely. It's why Kobe's tragic death hit me so hard. And the fact that I've been coaching my two granddaughters for the last eight years in basketball, one of the girls is probably going to be a great high school basketball player and the other girl just finally came into her in her own in the last year of her, of her basketball career in CYO basketball. And Kobe's, uh, Kobe's adoption of the WNBA in girls basketball and becoming a girl's dad Uh, was something that I just really admired. I I think his last three years after he retired were the happiest years of his life. And I saw him smile more than any other time. And I take that with me every time I think about his tragic passing. As for the third favorite Lakers, it's LeBron James. I used to be very anti-LeBron when it was a competition with Kobe. And I used to be the guy who said, don't ever trade for LeBron. If he signs with the Lakers, no. He can't replace Kobe. Um, but now that it's not a competition, you know, you you have to appreciate LeBron James for a million reasons. Uh, first is just just the type of person he is and the type of game he plays, you know. I tell you, I was more of a shooter than LeBron. I was more of a Kobe-type player when I played the game. And I never hesitated to take a shot when I was open. And I always was a shoot-first player. Uh, I respect LeBron's game so much because, you know, the fourth guy that I'd have to include in there somewhere is Magic Johnson. But you start listing Laker great players and, and there's always a fifth guy. Then there's a sixth guy or a seventh guy. But LeBron plays the game and, and the way he has elevated his leadership of the team during the transition here and just the way he has grown as a as a human being, somebody that you just have to have the utmost respect and admiration for how he's handled his life and the various challenges. So those are – let's this include Magic because those are the four players that basically I think have to be included in any discussion of who your favorite Laker is. Every one of those has been my favorite Laker and will always be.
0: Well, that's quite a list, my friend. I mean, you can't go wrong with any of them. Kobe is so beloved that those – latter years were kind of a little bit stressful for for fans because Mm -hmm. you know his his shooting percentage as his age went up his shooting percentage went kind of down but his greatness at times was still very much prevalent so i could see why a lot of people to this day love him so much and his greatness at, at such a high level for laker you could match up with those two three years when he was really on top when he was setting the scoring records when he was doing the 81 points when he was at that level of achievement that really probably no other Lakers has ever achieved. Even LeBron's MVP, like you're now, I would probably say Kobe, even on his 81 point year, I think he was probably, you know, at a, even just a tiny bit above that as far as greatness is concerned. Doesn't mean LeBron hasn't been greater at, on his own, but I'm just saying as a Laker, you know, you just really can't go wrong with him. No,
1: LeBron's only been a Laker for a couple of years. So,
0: yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I mean, LeBron's done a sensational job. It's hard when,
1: it's hard when you compare Magic and and, and Kobe as lifelong I, Lakers.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I, I told you already that I loved Kyle Kuzma. I still have a great affinity for him, but it's getting harder and harder to appreciate his work at times because he can be so frustrating as far as overall play. But it is getting better, like you said, on other ends of the floor outside of shooting which is obviously a good sign for Lakers fans. Will Chamberlain, one of the most dominating players of all time. I put him and Michael Jordan as the two most dominating players of their era. And it all comes down to maybe Jerry West. He's, you know, obviously
1: the logo. Yeah, cannot- well, my game around Jerry West, I copied it. I used to go out and shoot with the sun at my back so I could watch my shadow till my shot looked like Jerry West's shot. Well, there That's you go. I was doing that, man. Can't go and wrong can't- there i got to five players now the more you keep talking you're going to make me add more players in there Gerald. All right,
0: george Mikan. you can always talk about him he was everybody's favorite he Maybe was Apple thankfully
1: laker. before my time one of the few players who was before my time <laughs> but i would
0: probably say my favorite all-time laker shaquille uh-huh. o'neal shack attack uh, Shaq, shack shack all the way for me i think he'd probably be my favorite of all time just The way he, how much fun he had, how much. You want to change
1: your avatar on Lakerholics.net.
0: I might have to, but you know, Shaq, you can't go wrong with Shaq. He was just, he's just a fun loving guy. Just wanted to have, he enjoyed the game of basketball when he played.
1: Yeah, he didn't practice. Much like Kobe, it's been great to see Shaq's personality evolve into a much friendlier and very, very funny guy as, as you, as the years have gone on. Yes, you, know, yeah. you appreciate it a lot more. That's true. I've got five guys. You've always mentioned like three or four guys going through your list, and it's how I'm would sure. you like to be? You know, I mean, now if you're a Clipper fan, you can only choose from guys that are currently playing. Can you even name some prior Clippers?
0: All right, let's let's not go there. Let's <laughs> not go there. It gets uh your, you know, I'm sure the Lakerholics.net provides enough smack talk to the Clippers out there. Let's let's try and keep some decorum here. We're trying to be above Seattle
1: clippers sounds great to me
0: yeah we talk about getting together as one one you know unit one family one one type of species getting together and then you got to go and talk smack to the clippers not that they don't deserve it i'm just saying you gotta t- you just you know you
1: said it so yeah the clippers are probably the only nba team that would actually go to the white house
0: <sighs> here we go here we go laker time
1: i couldn't resist okay gerald
0: All right. Well, it has been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough for being part of it. Again, if you have any questions, please let us know at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter or at Laker Tom on Twitter. And also as well, check us out every Tuesday night at nine. We cannot thank enough the RTF Sports Network. Check us out today, rtfsportsnetwork.com or check out any one of the great shows that they have lined up each and every day at the RTF Sports Network. And also the Discover Community Network, we cannot thank them enough for playing our show as well. Well, it's been a great episode, my friend. A lot of great talk. A lot of great political talk, I guess. Not exactly what I wanted to do, but it always ends up that way right now in in a pandemic. What can you say? But still, a lot of great Laker talk. I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to speak to me right here, once again, on the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.